Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North, and here is my little weekend recap. I have to do alliteration because you'll see I use a lot of that in the next couple minutes here. So Man United maturely manhandle Spurs. Stuart Dallas did a double to Down City. West Brom resemble a winning Bayern all of a sudden. Dortmund deliver a new boy, Ansgar Knauf, 19 with a great game winner. The Cruz and Benz show shines again as Real Madrid win El Clasico. Fiorentina and Atalanta serve up this week's Serie A classic. Doubles from Duvan and Dusan. Zapata and Vlajovic, that is. And a penalty from Ilicic. As Inter inch towards the title, Serie A Champions League spots seem so insecure for any side. Lingard loves life in London. Jesse the genius jamming the hammer. PSG pursue Lille. Meanwhile, Magic Monaco just march on. Watford, Swansea, Brentford, Bournemouth, Barnsley, and Reading. Boring. No ring to it. VAR vexes everyone. Very awkward rulings. Hey, that's my little uh, little weekend limerick for you. Hopefully I can start doing those on a consistent basis. There's a lot of fun to do. And obviously, it, it just never ends. There's so many good ways to tie these different names and things together and make storylines out of them. So I'll see if I can pull that off uh, again in the future. Talk real quick about the Champions League. Just finished watching the two matches, uh, Porto against Chelsea, PSG against Bayern. It's funny, I, I, I as thinking Porto-Chelsea, th- this one is the one that's being played all at Sevilla's ground, the Sanchez Pizjuan. And so it's like it, both matches are played in this exact same stadium. And I, I just, it's kind of weird. You kind of, it, it almost doesn't feel like either team is home or away. Uh, because the setting is exactly the same as the first leg. So you really have to like look up at the score and be like, oh, that's right, Chelsea won 2-0 away in the same stadium, and now 0-0 at home. End up losing 1-0, uh, I have to say. Medi Taremi, wow. What a goal. What a goal that was. Probably goal of the season in the Champions League, honestly. That was absolutely incredible. And as I was watching, I mean, this is uh, right just at the 90, I think it was 94th minute, right right when the clock was hitting 93, and there were four minutes of stoppage time. And I'm watching the game, Chelsea fan, right? I'm like, they're over the line now pretty much. I was like, really, you just got to get into that final minute. And then even if they score, they just won't have time to mount one more attack, get one more ball into the box. And I'm like, basically, you just got to defend this cross right here. Wow, what a goal. <laughs> uh, so the funny thing is I had both games on at the same time. I've got a Fubo subscription. So pulled up two tabs, had them on, same volume, and basically just flipping back and forth between the games. So I have to say, as far as being able to uh, see which p- players had the best performances, that was really difficult because I wasn't able to really track individuals over the course of a game. Uh, but I was able to see the flow of the way the games were going. And 
I mean, look, I, I have to say, Chelsea, they, they really were made to sweat by Porto. Porto made a great account of themselves. I think what they did was they showed that the Juventus thing was not a fluke. Juventus are not that great a side this year. They're a little bit too up and down. And maybe though Porto has not done what they what they would expect themselves to do and and how well they would expect to in kind of place they would like to be in the Portuguese league. I mean, I would, obviously they're a team that should be fighting for the title every year. Sporting seem like they're going to finally get over the line soon and win their first title in 18 years. It's been shared between Benfica and Porto this whole time. So Porto haven't really shown much in their domestic league, but they did well in the Champions League to get this far. To dump out Juve was excellent, and they took Chelsea all the way to the final whistle. And it was really, really impressive from Porto to just fight that hard. i got to say, Christian Pulisic has to be maybe the man of the match for Chelsea. He or N'Golo Kante, but Christian Pulisic, sparkling performance. He looked like, say it, say it quietly, looked like Eden Hazard. And I, and I say that mostly because he drew 11 fouls, multiple bookings, and he just kept spinning people and running away from them. I mean, the exact same way we used to see Hazard do it. So long may Pulisic's health and fitness and form all continue because that would be really great. He's, he's he, Hopefully, all he needs is a run, a full season where he can just keep playing, and I think we'll really see the best of him. I mentioned N'Golo Kante. Gangsta in the midfield. I mean, this guy... It, look, Chelsea have a genuine shot at winning the Champions League because, yes, they have a really good squad with lots of different options. Players playing, you know, pretty well, good form, a lot of internationals. But they also have this cheat code. And Golo Kante is unique. There's no other midfielder on the planet like him. And if he has a 9 out of 10 performance like he did today, it almost doesn't matter how gritty and hard the opponents are. There's that dog in their way and he is just I mean just incredible I what he did today was amazing all right PSG against Byron I did not expect this to happen I did call that Chelsea would be would move past Porto didn't think it would be as difficult I thought that Byron would beat PSG Uh, a few days ago uh, talking um, to Alex Peters on his uh, scoreless thriller podcast I I, I said, I really think Bayern are going to go through. I just, I, you know, I, I just think that they will create enough opportunities over the course of this this 90 minutes that's coming to get the goals they need. And they did exactly that. I mean, you have to admit, their ability to create chances was second to none. And when I look at the chances they created, the majority of their almost nearly moments where they really almost scored, they were lewandowski range Lewandowski habitat. I mean, it was right in and around the penalty spot in the six-yard box. Max Chupamoting, MCM, well done, gets a goal. Can't can't hurt his reputation. But if you're the center forward and you're standing in for Lewandowski, I mean, there cannot be that many balls that go into that area and you're not putting some away. So, uh, yeah, I, I did not expect PSG to survive I, I am very surprised that they were able to just keep it to to one nil because I, even even up to the very very last moment you felt Bayern could probably get that goal, but Bayern were far 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 from invincible in this game. I mean, Mbappe, Neymar, and Di Maria were absolutely brilliant. Call this one the MNDM, I guess, if you want. Uh, 
I mean, I'll give a shout-out to Lucas Hernandez and Leroy Sané for the way they performed for Bayern. I thought from what I was looking at, they seemed to be the best players. They were the ones that, that performed the most. Hernandez had a few huge late interventions to keep it Mbappe and Neymar from scoring goals. And But there was also this beautiful little interchange between Di Maria and Neymar, two little back heels in a row. There's a swagger about these guys, even when they're losing 1-0 in a game where they really can't screw it up. So one thing I want to mention about PSG, a lot of people rubbish the idea that they have what it takes to win the Champions League. But just think about stories in the past of teams that have become champions and what it took for them to get there, how many failures they had along the way and how rough those were. It happens across all sports. One example I can give, Champions League, Chelsea. They, in their period of real dominance, they, they were, you know, semifinals against Liverpool, the final against United. I, I mean, they're so, for four or five years, Chelsea were absolutely one of the teams that was in prime situation to go and win the Champions League. And every single time there was something that happened, some crazy game, you know, losing to Barcelona in the final minute, uh, and then the, the handballs and everything that happened that night, the Didier Drogba disgrace night. There were so many close calls. Obviously, the, the final they lost to Man United, and I mentioned the Liverpool ones, that those were always so, so tight. And then they win the Champions League later on with all these veterans, and it's nowhere near as good of a side as when they were in their pump. So what you wonder about PSG is, even though you're starting to see some of the big investments that they made over the last few years, and I'm not talking about Neymar and Mbappe, but different players in the side aren't really in there. There's some of these young French players that have come through the academy that are getting starting time PSG forced on them by injuries or poor performances from different people or COVID. But this PSG side is actually winning with the type of grit that they need. And remember, they had some really harsh lessons going out to Man United. Um, I forget who was the previous year, just as bad. And then getting all the way to the final last year in this single knockout round competition and losing to Bayern in the end. All of this has made them tougher. And if Neymar is able to play in all these games and they still have Di Maria and they still have Mbappe, if they put that MNDN together... I mean, I really, really think that they have a chance in this Champions League. Now that they've knocked out Bayern, everyone's going to say, well, City are the clear and obvious favorites. But you've got Chelsea and you've got PSG hanging around. So it's going to be really interesting. Stoked to see what happens tomorrow. Wow. Champions League, it's been really, really good this season. So many twists and turns. All right. A little touch on the international friendlies for the women's game because I want to give them some love. I did watch some of these games, so it would be silly of me not to cover them. England played against France. I thought that was a great game. There were some quality goals in that and some some really impressive performances. Uh, France will not be at the Olympics, unfortunately, because when they lost to the United States in the quarterfinal of the World Cup in 2019, that put them lower rank than a few other European teams. Obviously, England, who made it to the semifinal, Sweden, and Holland. Those are the teams that ended up qualifying for the Olympics from Europe. So... Obviously, big disappointment for France to not be there, but they look really, really good. England will be there. They really struggled this international break. Uh, losing to France, losing to Canada, who are very impressive and growing really well. I mean, Canadian football is is going somewhere, so keep an eye out. In the next couple of years, you're going to start seeing Canadian national teams 
not just doing well in the women's game, but I think the men's team is is close to qualifying for a World Cup. Um, obviously, they will be at the 2026. That will be their their number one showcase. We'll see if they can figure out a way to qualify for Qatar. Who knows? It, it, it could be tight. They've got Alfonso Davies. They've got Jonathan David from uh, who plays at Lead right now. So we will see. And look, one team, one side on the women's side that really is improving and impressing me is Spain. And I was at the USA-Spain game in Reims at the 2019 World Cup for the women. I, I was at the game, saw it live, and Spain were really impressive. They were far better than I had anticipated. They were tactically super strong. And then, of course, technically they had a whole lot of there's a whole lot of weapons. So as they continue to build that out, you're going to start seeing results. And I say this also because uh, the Barcelona, I believe, are still unbeaten. I think they'd scored something like 60 goals, conceded like nine or eight or something ridiculous and have not done anything but win all season. So it's re- it's really cool. The, the women's game, it, it, this was a nice little international break for them start seeing some some of the different players and different teams coming up. I'm excited for what the U.S. women's team can do. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit bored of some of the veterans that keep coming back. And I, I don't mean that I think they should be out of the side. But sometimes to see Megan Rapinoe starting game after game after game, consistently taking the penalties and everything, I'm like, I, she's still great, sure. But I do think that there has to be a different uh, – the baton has to start being handed over to someone else. And I say this, if you're a U.S. women's national team fan, you remember how Carly Lloyd was the one with the torch in 2015. Well, in 2019, the one with the torch was Megan Rapinoe. If you ask me, the next one, and, and, and so prior to that, it was Alex Morgan, right? And it just keeps passing on. So there's someone who's always a leader at each tournament, and rightfully so, based on form and where they're at. I think the next one has to be Sam Mewis. Me, personally, I think Sam Mewis or Rose Lavelle, or a combination of the two, if you want, I mean, th- th- there's a whole lot of players. Crystal Dunn could absolutely be one of these players. But because of the positions and because of the output in terms of exactly what Sam Ewis and Rose Lavelle offer, I think those two are really in the running to be the ones that dominate the next tournament for the United States. And I think this summer, they look like bang-on favorites to win the Olympics. So, it's, But it, that'll be a great tournament. So hopefully people watch it. I think the coverage is going to be really fun. And uh, it'll be top-level football. So... Let's check it out. All right, tomorrow I'll come back with another episode because we got to cover the next set of Champions League games. And then why not? Thursday, I have to, I have to talk about the Europa League because I made some picks and we're going to see how those work out. Thanks for stopping by. This is Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. Enjoy your Champions League Tuesday.